0: Radio, your gamer's role. Well, well, what have we here? Welcome to
1: the Wonders of Thedas. Welcome to the Wonders of Thetis podcast, your one stop shop for all your Dragon Age role playing game needs. My name is Ren.
0: And I'm Jessica.
1: Welcome back to the show. We've got another episode about specializations this time in our rotation, and we had a poll to discuss what our next episode was going to be about. We, this time we were talking about warrior specializations. Uh, we left out one of the specializations for a little while, but we know we'll be getting back to it later. Uh, I left out the one that got the least—that's been getting the least votes consistently. The poor chevalier.
0: Now well, they're kind of jerks, let's be
1: real. Yeah, yeah, they are definitely. So, uh, the winner this time was the Reaver. Mm-hmm. Just in time for October, we're getting all the creepy stuff in.
0: But the Spirit Warrior did give it a run for its money.
1: It did. It did. The Spirit Warrior might be the next Warrior spec we talk about because it's it's pretty cool. Uh, but pretty r- neat. right now, we're hoods for our main topic. We'll be talking about those folks who use blood magic and aren't mages. Blood magic is an equal opportunity magic. Everybody can be horrible if they want to be.
0: Well, this started off real well.
1: Yay! Uh, we'll start kick off our show with another with a shout out to two of the podcasts that are uh, running with us on the D twenty Radius uh, the D twenty Radio family. Uh, first goes out to uh, our um, goodness the, the newbies that got to stick together, as they mm-hmm. said, and I agree. The Movie Defenders are going into their sixth episode where they're talking about the Suicide Squad. Movie defenders are going to be making the argument that you should not hate this movie. That it's got some good points that should not be ignored. And you should definitely check it out. I actually personally have never seen Suicide Squad.
0: I haven't either, so can't really provide Mm. an informed opinion there.
1: Yeah. Well, we're scrubs, I guess. At least Suicide Squad scrubs. Uh, But uh, we also had a new episode come out from The Real Basement Dwellers, which is a variety geekery show. Where they talk, well, where in this most recent one they talked about uh, letdowns from a lot of gaming companies that have been taking place, uh, video game and tabletop alike. And they don't hold back in their disappointment. So, if you feel like ragging on some gaming companies, I guess you should check that one out.
0: Well, I mean, it's good to have people who do things like that because, you know, sometimes companies need to be held to task for the things that they drop, the things that they put down. And I think that that's a smart episode to have. You're Something very right. That makes it clear that certain things are not going to be tolerated by the gaming community.
1: Mm-hmm. We've only got so much money to spend.
0: That's true. We're not made of money.
1: No, and no. When we
0: put our money into something, we kind of you know expect that we're going to get a good experience out of it. And when we don't, we can get a little testy about it.
1: So, the real basement dwellers definitely get a little testy in that episode. You should go check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's see, we got no news this week in Thetis. We're still keeping our ears to the ground. Uh, we've been hearing that Faces of Thetis might be coming out in November,
0: maybe? We're still, we're still searching out clues. Still searching.
1: When the pre-orders go live, we'll probably be putting it on the, uh, on our social media before we start talking about it on the episode, but we'll mention it here too. Of course. So, uh, since we're not talking about the news, we should go ahead and consult our codex. You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but... Oh, good. Thank you. I'm... going to regret this, aren't I? Welcome to the Codex. We've got a couple questions here, all from uh, repeat all from repeat question askers here.
0: Hmm.
1: We've got a couple of familiar faces.
0: Thank you, everyone.
1: Thanks. The first uh, one comes from Emilio Figueroa on our Facebook page. And... Uh, Emilio, yours was a multi-part question, but uh, we're going to be saving. We're going to be answering a little bit of it now and a little bit of it later, because one part of it is rather big. It mm-hmm. will require some development on our end, perhaps. Just maybe. Yes, but the question we're going to answer this time was: Would it be possible for someone of a certain class to grab a specialization of another class within reason, or from the Fantasy Age book? Thanks for your attention. And this is a good one. This is a good one. Uh, A lot of folks have been seeing all these age products coming out and starting to wonder just how interchangeable a lot of it is. And as it turns out, very.
0: Yeah, this is the only, like, this is a very vague question in some ways. It's a very general, I guess. Mm -hmm. Because I think it depends wildly on the specializations that Mm -hmm. other class, you know, which class you're talking about, what uh, specialization you're talking about, what, you know...
1: It's gonna be very case it, by case It very you know.
0: much depends on uh, which of each of these things you're talking about.
1: And uh, game by game. Some games may have one answer to this quest to a specific question, and another game may need a different answer. So as Fantasy Age continues to mature, you know, there's all this new stuff coming out. Uh, Blue Rose is out, Fantasy Age is out, Modern Age is gonna Modern Age and Space Age are coming out later. So what can you bring over? Uh, if it would work for your game. Absolutely, go for it. But there are a couple of suggestions that should be made. Um, first, you should take a good look at what the specialization is trying to do and make sure it kind of fits. Um, if you feel if the specialization you're looking at thinks you could, you think you could fit into a new class, you might not need to change it much. So something like uh, champion actually works pretty well going into other classes because it doesn't really require you to have specific class powers or uh, know how to cast. I know how to use magic. So, it's some, some of those can be pretty easy to move into other ones, and some things, like um, like most of the mage specializations, pretty much give you spellcasting or require you to have spellcasting mm-hmm. powers. Or... So,
0: that would make it extremely difficult to put those with another class.
1: Correct. Uh, and, so, and, of course, some things are a bit thematically locked, like Assassin. Uh, especially because that one requires you to have both Dirty blood and, blow that and backstab. That one's
0: double-blocked. like Super-blocked. You really need to have those abilities to make use of Assassin, and mm-hmm. you get those by being, being a rogue.
1: Definitely. Uh, things like Duelist and Marksman, though, you could probably use for both Warriors and Rogues. They don't really require class powers from either one, and they work really well for what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could potentially make a spec open to more than one class, uh, but maybe require different ability ratings or even higher ability ratings than normal for PCs who want to work for a spec that's outside the class's comfort zone. Uh, the sky's the limit, really, here. It's pretty much just, what do you want to do? Uh, which, is, I think, is an answer we give rather often on this podcast. Like, whatever mm-hmm. works for your game. But it's... I mean, within, it's...
0: Within, I mean, really, whatever works for your game, but also, in most games, with some limits... Consider the fact that, you know, obviously you you can't already cast spells. Becoming some sort of a a blood blood mage is going to be extremely difficult.
1: Being a keeper, which actually just gives you specific spells. If you're
0: human and uh, if you're like a human fighter and you want to be a keeper, you may in fact not be able to do that because that makes no sense on literally every level.
1: Every level. Eight different ways that's wrong. Uh, the specs from Fantasy Age could work. Uh, you may need to create some justifications for things like Sword Mage. You might need to make like a whole like special little society that's, or maybe like a school of magic that's maybe a bit removed from the chantry that's developed a new method of combat, because it's kind of like arcane warrior, but oh, kind of not. Arcane warrior does different stuff. And the Elementalist would require, the Elementalist from Fantasy Age would definitely require reworking to make to make it fit because it uses rules and spells that aren't in Dragon Age. So you'll, a couple of those, and honestly I think it's just the uh, Elementalist that really requires a little bit of work into, but something like Swashbuckler, that could easily fit into Dragon Age. He um, snuck an extra question about the Night Enchanters, we're going to save that for later. And maybe we'll make a spec for you. That sounds fun. We maybe did we it with Elementalist once. Might do
0: something to uh, answer that question more thoroughly.
1: Hmm. Anyway, thank you, uh, Emilio. We appreciate the question yet again, and uh, from another one of our habitual question askers, this guy's quite the repeat offender. Hmm. Our good friend Andy Klosky sent us another big collection for our backlog. Thank you again. Uh, we're gonna start. We're gonna keep moving through it. And of course, the first, oh, this one you've got this time, which is a really solid, and one we could probably base an entire episode around if we wanted to. How would you go about including a tranquil PC within a campaign? Is such a thing feasible? Would it be reasonable to make a new background for such a character, or should a player use the circle mage or apostate backgrounds? I really like this idea. This is not an easy thing to yeah. do.
0: That said, it would be hard.
1: Mm-hmm. But it is a cool idea. I, th- I, I can only imagine... Mm-hmm. Plenty of people have probably considered the idea of including a Tranquil PC, but how would you do it? And the answer is, carefully and with a lot of consideration for the future and how long the campaign's going to run and uh, what the powers of the PCs are going to be having. A Tranquil would assen- could essentially be a mage with no spellcasting or arcane lances. It would be a very simple character with very few class powers. But you can have some really fascinating roleplay with a tranquil in the party because the, and they carry at least one mechanical benefit is that they can do you take the rune crafting talent, which mm-hmm. is restricted specifically to tranquil mages and dwarves.
0: Mm-hmm. Those are the
1: only two people who can take the rune crafting talent. so that gives you a big opening to have a lot of extra magic items in your party and uh, uh, the magic items that you find, your tranquil mate your tranquil can boost up super good.
0: mm-hmm. You're going to uh, have some very specific benefits here, but Mm -hmm. that said, it is going to be a challenge Mm -hmm. just to find a way to make that character have some sort of balance or use within combat.
1: If you want them to be a bit more on par with what the other PCs have in terms of power, you might consider um, having them play a rogue or maybe even a warrior if they've got the aptitude for it. Because just because they can't cast spells doesn't mean they can't exercise or get, or get, or get quick.
0: That's true.
1: Tranquil PCs are um, not really restricted from that, although uh, it would be most appropriate for them to take backgrounds in things like Circle Mage or Apostate because that's what they would have been before they became tranquil.
0: Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's honestly the best route just mm-hmm. because... Chances are, if you're running something with a tranquil, Mm -hmm. you're going to want to play with the idea of reversing tranquility in some Mm -hmm. way.
1: Please do. It's a cool topic.
0: Because it's very doable. In fact, there's plenty of information about Mm -hmm. how one reverses tranquility.
1: Perhaps some folks should read uh, Dragon Age Asunder. That one's got some cool examples in it. And a lot of information about being tranquil and uh, how it works and... Perhaps some aftermath, and of course, there's a couple of revelations in inquisition. You should check that out. Um, now, a couple things to keep in mind about tranquil PCs: if you are going to, if uh, tranquil characters, if you are going to have them, is tranquil PCs, tranquil still have free will; they still can make decisions for themselves. Um, they will likely require some guidance, as they, uh, but they, even though they still have like a survival instinct and they can make their own choices. Uh, they're free to say no to something. They are exceedingly methodical and mm-hmm. logical. They operate solely on logic and because they have no emotions. They don't operate on emotions. They don't get mad about anything. They don't do anything rash. They think things through. They, but they think everything through. They also still remember what it was like before they became tranquil. And they may even be able to say, you know, if I wasn't tranquil right now, I'd probably be freaking out today.
0: Mhm. Might not use the term freaking out. Perhaps,
1: yeah. They'd probably use the more succinct more succinct and I guess
0: less less emotional language. Mm-hmm. More accurate language.
1: That would have disturbed me greatly.
0: Yeah, something to that effect.
1: Mm hmm. Uh, they can be creative, but within logical senses.
0: Basically, if logically there's something is wrong, then they can be creative enough to solve the problem. Indeed. If there's no problem, they won't innovate.
1: Mm-hmm. They will not. Uh, however, Tranquil PCs also have no desires. They don't really want anything besides just to continue to live. They don't they have a bit of self preservation, but at the same time a lot of them also can't necessarily stand up for themselves. They don't, and unfortunately that leads a lot lot of them to be abandoned or taken advantage of in Dragon Age's history. Mm -hmm. Which means it's probably going to be very good for them to have friends in the party, and you might want to plan ahead and make it so that one of the other PCs in the party knows this tranquil character very well. Or, if you want to add some extra drama, maybe knew them before they were tranquil.
0: That would be rough. And uh, keep in mind, if you do decide to go the route of having this person be untranquil at any point... Even being within, like even being in contact or being near someone who is already possessed, yeah, like maybe say if you like, have a spirit healer or right. a spirit warrior in yeah. your party, apparently, being near someone who does that can cause someone's tranquility to be temporarily undone.
1: Yeah, and of mind. It's usually, happened a couple well, times. like
0: the t- the times that we're in, we have heard from those people, the opinions of being tranquil have not been good ones. No, that's... apparently. Once like, people come out of it, they are horrified by the experience.
1: They didn't have their emotions for a long time, and then they get all the emotions at Yeah, and then they get all once, of them back. All of them at once.
0: Become be, super emotional.
1: It is currently unknown whether those whether they can be rehabilitated after becoming untranquiled.
0: As most people tend to not get to uh, have most that chance. Pro-
1: yeah, don't really have the chance in the first place. It's never really been attempted before, so that could be a question that maybe your campaign answers. Mm-hmm. Can these, people be re- can these people be brought back or fixed or, or healed? So there's a lot of really cool potential there. You should so we, uh, If anyone plays a Tranquil Mage, you should definitely tell us about it because that sounds really cool. Yeah, we would
0: love to hear about that.
1: Oh, yeah. So thank you again, Andy. Always appreciated.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent next, question.
1: Uh, next, of course, is our, let's say, the one and only, the, let's see, the Unstoppable Parcival. Hmm. On the Green Roaning Forums. Thank you again. Uh, and you gave us a juicy one. Your question What was, What effect has Brasilia had on the politics of Ferelden in your own campaign? Has there been any objections from the Ferelden nobility, the Chantry, or indeed the commoners? Ferelden is of course based on England, and as an Englishman myself, I can see myriad objections to the gift of valuable <laughs> forested land. Well... Well then... It's... it's complicated... But... It,
0: extremely so. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we established this kingdom, the mm-hmm. main characters were directly involved in actually saving the lives of all of the nobility of Ferelden.
1: Most of, and,
0: of them. And, well, the vast, several of them.
1: Anybody who was anybody.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And at the same time, freeing them from this web of blackmailing nonsense that had been making their lives more difficult for many years.
1: hmm
0: So the PCs, you know, the main... Rulers of Brasilia have managed to gain high favor with the nobility. Mm -hmm. That said, it's a lot of land and some rumors about mages and stuff going on down there. Just a few. So I imagine, just this is my take on it, that the sort of of dichotomy between being grateful and wanting to keep that land or being suspicious sort of war against each other until a certain Mm -hmm. point, which... Would have come about and read right about when that point would have come about is when the Mage Templar War happened and nobody had time for any of that nonsense.
1: Nobody had any time for Brasilia all of a sudden. Well,
0: I mean, because in during the Mage Templar War, Brasilia pretty much just opens its borders for people who need refuge.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a lot refuses of places to, hide in to the like,
0: aggressively take sides. Well, I mean, shelters, mages, but hey,
1: prove it. I mean, prove it, I fight you know, stuff happens. No, he's,
0: fight me, find out what happens. But uh, because we're non aggressive as a nation mm-hmm. and there are plenty of other people being super dangerous, they tend to get overlooked.
1: Yes. they
0: they'll deal with us later.
1: Luckily, Brasilia kind of comes about in that weird wrinkly point of the Dragon Age the dra- of the Dragon Age, where things start getting a little hectic and people don't really have time to worry about some Little sovereign nation appearing in the forests of Ferelden.
0: Yeah, well, I mean the Brazilian has never been particularly useful for Bar- mm-hmm. Ferelden either. In it fact, is... it's been kind of a plague on the uh, <laughs> on the nearby areas simply because of the danger of those roads.
1: Mm-hmm. No one really goes in, but they do. Except the... to get to Guaran. Right. but you can, you can take the uh, the Brazilian passage to get to Guaran. Uh, uh, but we keep that. that.
0: We keep that for them.
1: They do. I mean, Brazil is used for logging, I suppose.
0: Yeah, for, we, we've cut some fair deals.
1: Yes, but now that you guys are living there, you're making it much easier for folks to get things like lumber and, uh, mm-hmm. and herbs and other forest comforts, as mm-hmm. it were.
0: We made it a, a very symbiotic relationship. Yes. We I think that was, a very, uh, that was a very
1: early thing you guys did. It was like There was like a collection of lumber companies who were like, what you guys doing in here?
0: <laughs> it's like, well.
1: So you guys got them a deal.
0: We did. A fair deal, but definitely mm-hmm. not one that mm-hmm. hurts our only home that we now have.
1: Mm-hmm. It's true. But we. They keep the Brazilian passage safe? So we, we do. The folks it's a, can it's get much through.
0: safer to get to and from Guaran at this point. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and we uh, we take very good care also of our neighbors nearby. Any, yes. uh, any of the small towns that border the Brazilian forest are welcome for trade and are protected from Bandits and Raiders in ways that they were not before. So
1: mm-hmm. if they live close to the Brazilian. Right? Yeah, I can it. only get so far We're
0: not we're not gonna go on field no. trips. They're not but. a
1: national security force. That's what but, Fereld- yeah. Ferelden for can do the rest of it
0: Yeah, but we we've made it we've made ourselves valuable enough and made our weak well not weaknesses per se but our less valuable qualities quiet enough The people feel like maybe they can deal with us later. And then a bunch of stuff happens and nobody has time for us. (laughs) And And by the time they can, we're too powerful. Right,
1: And then a chantry blows up and then, you know, the circles, the mages and templars and the circles all start disintegrating. And by that point, you know, these folks have grown a whole metropolis and are harboring a whole bunch of mages uh, during the mage-templar war. And no one's really got time because everything's exploding.
0: We're peaceful.
1: Uh Uh-huh. They're they're a stabilizing element.
0: We're taking in their, uh, you know, the common folk who Mm -hmm. are just trying to get away from the wars, and we're fine giving them safe places to live, so.
1: Well, of course, when the breach opens and the veil starts to get thin. Okay,
0: safe is a relative word.
1: Right. Once that happens in Inquisition, then the fade was already kind of thin in Brasilia. We're busy. So (laughs) they're kept quite busy.
0: We're we're busy. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Dear Inquisitor, please come to mm, uh,
1: The Chantry is not at all excited about Brasilia, especially because they've been hearing about all this new magic coming around and all these mages just tor- kind of... Rolling pra- the nation, maybe? Rolling the nation. It sounded an awful lot like an Elven Tevinter. But some deals were cut kind of early. They already had to deal with uh, the Lord Seeker, or the Lady Seeker at the time. I don't remember her name, but, uh, uh, but the current Lady Seeker had conversations and was, uh, and, uh, actually was saved by a, uh, uh, a slander, by a combination like assassination plot slander campaign against Brasilia that the Brazilians then thwarted and that's showed what, what, uh, and showed that they can be helpful in protecting people from this threat that's currently going around, which is the main the,
0: problem uh, in our campaign. Yeah.
1: The, uh, Brotherhood, no, not the Brotherhood, it's the, uh, the blood gift, the gift, the blood mm-hmm. gift to Fen'Harel, which is from the, uh, from the, goodness, what's it called, the Esoterica from Thetis, Volume 4. Mm-hmm.
0: So basically we cut, we just had a, you know, foresight and fortune, we cut the right deals at the beginning, and then we had the good fortune for other people to be more dangerous than we were. hmm But yeah, so I imagine there are a number of people in Ferelden who are not super pleased with the fact that you know Ferelden soil is now Brazilian soil but they don't really have the time or the who uh, cares the, what opportunity they to to say.
1: the commoners though I think very much appreciate
0: yeah we're a, not jerks. to a degree
1: I think it's probably case by case mm-hmm. a lot of folks don't trust uh, don't trust any no oh, good yeah. for it and no good magic knife ears
0: yeah well I uh, mean
1: hearing about all that magic doesn't doesn't necessarily make the uh, commoners feel any safer
0: I mean say it to my face <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have a very pleasant face with commu- a of like communication of like seven something like that something like that you can decide you can tide it all over but uh, so thanks again parcival that's always a fun question to ask uh, a fun to question to answer so, uh, anyone else here who's listening, if you've got any questions about the Dragon Age RPG, whether it's mechanics, build suggestions, questions about lore, clarifications about old episodes, or anything else, you can send a message to Podcast at gmail.com. You can send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google, or SoundCloud accounts, or you can send a personal message to Cut the Protector or Healer Puff on the Green Running forums, or send a message to Cut or Lease on the D20 Radio forums. That's us. Indeed, it is. Indeed. Uh, Unfortunately, this time we haven't got anything for the distant verses. Haven't found anything. No one's uh, shared anything with us at this moment. Although may have something next week. Next week we'll we'll probably have something. Maybe a couple somethings. Who knows? Uh, Maybe. But we should probably uh, get to all this dirty business with all these the bloody business of being a reaver. The bloody business of being a reaver and the main topic for today. Is it fate or chance? So you want to be a reaver? Well, if you turn to page seventy-two of the core rulebook, you can see the specialization for yourself. This is a rather worrisome warrior specialization, and is widely feared by most, and rightly so. Becoming a reaver is not easy, and it's just nor is it easy to be one, really. Reavers are not easily understood, but most of them would not bother to try, as it appears that they harness a power akin to blood magic to perform the lethal feats that they ha- the lethal feats they are capable of in combat. They are honestly, they are strange warriors seeming to take power from pain, being able to inflict pain on themselves to create pain in others, or even feast off of that pain and give themselves, give them, reinvigorate themselves, or even give themselves uh, extra attacks and running power.
0: They're pretty nasty. Uh, they, they, are different, they are different from berserkers, Definitely, who use yeah. rage to fight.
1: Mm-hmm. It's true. Berserkers these, these find rage. Are not the same. No, they they pull power from somewhere else. They sort of un, kind of like templars, they kind of unlock a weird power uh, over life for over the over life force itself within their blood and their bones. They use forbidden knowledge and a bit of blood magic from uh, blood and dragon blood to gain abilities over the power uh, over the bodies and over their bone body and the bodies of others. Um, uh, it's not always a comfortable thing. Many Reavers gain an increased desire to kill once they make the transformation, which can be difficult to control. It has been seen that they can develop dragon-like tempers or even physical features. Some of them can have their eyes change colors to a deep red or have their teeth sharpening, seemingly at will, just to frighten their opponents. Huh. Uh, and some Reavers have simply lost their sense of reason and attacked their own families.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the bloodlust is,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, can
0: be hard to deny.
1: Once you taste it the first time. Gotta have more. Mm-hmm. So, who in the Dragon Age universe has this specialization? Well, it turns out quite a few. Supposedly, if you read the comics, the Kunari claim that Kalanhad Theron was a reaver. You know, the guy that Lake Kalanhad is named after. Mm-hmm. An old king of Ferelden, supposedly, might have been a reaver, drinking the blood of dragons. Of course, that's what the Kunari claim. And, you know, the Kunari think that we're all savages, so, you know, surely that couldn't be true. Mm hmm. Uh, the Iron Bull fights like a Reaver, claims he is not a true Reaver, doesn't really gain his Reaver power, doesn't really gain any Reaver powers like, like drinking the blood of dragons.
0: Yeah, he strikes me as more the Berserker type anyway. Yeah, obviously.
1: closer to the Berserker. He does have the Reaver specialization in Dragon Age Inquisition, but it could just be a, maybe a specific fighting style, or
0: mm-hmm.
1: maybe it could be something else. You maybe know. he lied. Maybe he lied. Maybe he did. Where it could be maybe tied to that weird uh, m- uh, myth that goes around that the Tamasarians once a long time ago mixed dragon blood in the Kunari with all their mm. selective breeding. Breeding.
0: That is entirely true.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just a it's just a theory, you know. It's, I mean, it's just a suggestion. You never know. Um, Colgrim, the leader of the disciples of Andraste, was uh, which was a cult from Dragon Age Origins, was a reaver. And he was one of the, he was like the one NPC in the game who could actually teach you the specialization.
0: So you had to destroy the uh, mm-hmm. sacred ashes in order to learn the reaver specialization.
1: Yeah, you know, you jerk, you jerk. Uh, then there's uh, Nyri from Dragon Age Redemption, the web series with Felicia Day. She's definitely a reaver. Dang she! dang is she cool? Kicks all the butt. Hmm. <laughs> And then uh, Tamar is, is the Reaver playable character from the Dragon Age Inquisition's multiplayer mode. And, and apparently she actually used to be a member of the Disciples of Andraste.
0: And uh, another thing of note is that uh, there's a particular family that always comes up that true. is rumored to have many Reavers among their, uh, among their family tree. Mm-hmm. Which is not at all surprising, given that they're pentagasts.
1: Mm-hmm. Pentagon apparently uh, if you uh, if you take the Reaver specialization Cassandra mentions that the Pentegast family is well known for their Reavers maybe not necessarily well known just it's widely known that you know
0: well I mean if you're a family that's known for dragon slaying and people honestly think you haven't you know tried drinking dragon blood at least once as a family of dragon slayers that just
1: hmm. let's get real here Let's
0: all be honest with ourselves this is this is likely
1: this is very likely. So, what does the spec do exactly? Mechanically. uh, Of course, it has novice journeyman uh, master degrees. The novice degree allows you to, once per encounter, take a minor action. Uh, And for a number of rounds equal to your willpower, you get health back uh, equal to the amount of damage you deal to an opponent or their constitution every time you hit hit them successfully, whichever is less. Which, for low con people, can be not very much, uh, mm-hmm. but for but for big creatures like ogres or wyverns or, or dragons, dragons who have like a five, six, seven, eight constitution, you're probably going to be getting a decent amount back by jumping up, by jumping in and and, uh, and hitting them, and which suddenly makes all the dragon slayers becoming reavers make a lot of sense. Indeed, it works out very well. Uh, and you can only do that one, You can do that once per combat, uh, once per encounter. So it's not a one, like a once per day thing, but it does require obviously a lot of focus. So you got to make sure that you use it at a good time.
0: The also another running issue with it could be for the uh, requirement already to just gain the talent is to be a strev- have a strength and constitution of three. This is based on your willpower. It's which true. means that you're going to start having some multiple attribute issues.
1: Well, for at least for, I think the one saving grace about this is the fact that because you're a warrior. Oh, that's
0: true. It's a secondary, isn't it?
1: Yeah. You can boost that as much as you want. Uh huh. You can boost the uh, So definitely, I um, wrote it down a little later, but it's a very good thing to say very early is that willpower is very important for Reavers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Boost it fast and early. Uh, If you're planning on becoming a reaver at any point in your career. Um, uh, The second one also has a lot to do with willpower. The journeyman degree lets you create an aura of pain with an activate action. Uh, While it's active once per turn, uh, which just, it's it's on until you turn it off, essentially. You can choose to take a d6 of penetrating damage to inflict 1d6 plus willpower penetrating damage on all enemies within 6 yards of you.
0: That's, yeah. that's We mean. had to deal with that. You've used uh-huh. this. You've used the specialization against us more than once. Mm-hmm. That is just an obnoxious thing to have to deal with. I'm going to tell you that <laughs> right now. That is a pain in the keister.
1: It does mention it only affects enemies. It doesn't hit your friends. Mm-hmm. And you can use it as long as you've got the ability active. It costs just a free action to keep maintaining it. You can use it once per turn. And that's in addition to all the other stuff you're doing that round. Uh, which could be, you know, attacking somebody to get that health back that you just lost.
0: Yeah, but, sh- but... It's
1: uh, not a very big yeah, radius. It's, it's ridiculous. But yeah, if you've got multiple reavers who are surrounding you all using that power when they fight, while they're fighting you, it gets mean real fast.
0: It does. That took us down... That took some serious chunks out of our hit points. It's dangerous. Uh,
1: and of course, the master degree is every time that you kill a foe in combat, you can immediately make another free attack against somebody within range. Uh, and if you're not within range of anybody, you get a free move action... To get up close to them, which is pretty pretty cool. I don't know uh, that it's I would kind
0: s- of like cleave in uh, yeah Pathfinder or hmm. Dungeons and Dragons
1: hmm. super cleave. Uh, now, of course, that does mean that if you've got multiple attacks, uh, you're getting this is mean this is extra attacks. Extra attacks are pretty hard to get in Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. If you drop somebody, you get another one, and if you can't hit anybody, you can move in close. But it does mention. Uh, the foe the just has to be arranged, range, which means that if you shot him, you get another shot at somebody else.
0: Well, and assuming if you were a two weapon fighter, doesn't this mean mm-hmm. you could feasibly get four attacks?
1: Four attacks, or a two? You, a two uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If
0: you yeah. were wielding two weapons, you could kill someone with your first attack. Get a, like assuming you were surrounded, I guess you could kill one with your first attack, and then hit someone with the attack that comes from that—the free attack. Mm-hmm. Get your second attack with your offhand weapon. Mm-hmm. If you killed someone with that one, you could get a fourth attack oh, and hit the next person over. And
1: that's not mentioning any like lightning attacks you might have, lightning attack stuns you might have gotten on that first. Yeah, tower. not
0: including lightning attack. Mm-hmm. So that's
1: that can get pretty spooky. If
0: you're a reaver surrounded by weak opponents, you're just in a target rich environment. You're
1: just a t- it's just a target rich environment. Uh, now, don't forget that uh, if you also do it, you can also have them die with your weird aura of pain ability, which is pretty mean. A D6 plus willpower penetrating damage is nothing to sneeze at, especially if it's against everybody within three squares of you. That's mean. Mm-hmm. Mean stuff.
0: Now, here's a question. If you kill someone in combat with mm-hmm. that ability, do you get a free attack when they die?
1: Yeah. It says when, immediately after you kill a foe in combat. Oh, jeez. It doesn't say how you kill them it, it doesn't say it has to be a melee attack or a ranged attack or using the journey and it doesn't grade. even
0: say once per round or once per it does say uh you don't get a free attack true. after the free attack but if,
1: if you kill somebody with a later attack you do get another one
0: so you could get like five or six attacks
1: yeah, if, because
0: if somebody drops
1: <laughs> if you get an you extra get lightning
0: tra- attack <laughs> <laughs> you
1: get an extra attack from a lightning attack Ooh man exploding dice all of a sudden
0: this this could get bad.
1: Yeah, uh, that does require a couple of very specific things to happen. Be a two but, weapon fighter. Be you know, be a, you know, be a duel, have a dual style, and uh, be rolling some stun points, uh, and having your enemies already low enough that you can take them out with a hit. But you know, if you're if you're fighting them all equally and you're whittling them all down with the aura of pain, and you're getting all that health back by attacking people, it can get pretty spooky. So you you can start to understand why people fear Reaver so much.
0: hmm
1: So uh, beyond the, what the spec does, how do you get access to this spec? Most specs in Dragon Age, the, the role playing game, and even the video games have to be unlocked first. So how do you unlock reaver? Uh, as the now as the requirements mention, you need to perform a ritual. Mm-hmm. This is one of those that requires you to do something specific within role playing context, uh, not just it's not just um, having you know strength and constitution of three or higher. Uh, within the context of your campaign, you may be tested by being required. You may be tested by being required to collect some blood from a dragon. Uh, Good luck with that. Yeah, that's fun. Apparently, this can be any kind of creature in the dragon family with high blood, dra- high blood or high dragon blood, or even wyvern blood being used. Although you could probably take the easy way out and just find a dragonling, just kill and see, so kill a little dragon and That's get some mean. blood from that. Um, but you know, maybe maybe the folks who are testing you want you to go for something big.
0: Yeah, most of them aren't going to be like, "Can you kill a baby dragon?" Then you're <laughs> worthy of being a reaver.
1: <laughs> then you deserve to be a reaver, you weirdo. <laughs> uh, as it is un- not as it, it is not understood how, but it has been shown through these deadly fighters that dragon blood is magical, and grants powers to those who prepare it specially and then imbibe it. Uh, as such, you can unlock, unlocking the spec uh, takes one probably going to take one or two steps. Uh, you must first learn how to perform the ritual from either a tome or from somebody who can teach the ritual to you. Uh, then you have to collect the blood of a dragon. Uh, but it is possible, such as in Dragon Age Origins, that someone might have a mixture ready for you once you complete a task for them, such as the case with Colgrim. You you know defiled the urn of sacred ashes, so he gives you a mixture so that you un- he gives you a mixture that just unlocks the reaver specialization for you right then and there.
0: Mm.
1: But, you know, still, it sounds like you had to at least go on a quest to get it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this is going to require... Let's see, Reaver is definitely a specialization, warrior specialization, that requires a bit of work to get to. Mm -hmm. So, GMs will want to take time to make sure that this can fit into the narrative, or maybe already has been fit into the narrative, uh, before the adventure starts. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, This also, you may have noticed, sounds a whole lot like the joining. Mm -hmm. But, uh, which of course... Leads you to wonder what the connections are, and maybe mm-hmm. uh, they're okay. kind of like right. de- they're kind of like darkspawn reavers, aren't they? R- Gray yeah. wardens,
1: uh-huh, because they're drinking the blood of an old god. As there's yep. a drop of Archdemon blood inside the joining chalice, which is a tainted dragon.
0: Yep. That said, uh, the you know, while the joining can and frequently does cause death,
1: um, you yeah. will not
0: die from becoming a standard reaver.
1: You will not. Well.
0: I mean, unless you're not going to cool die the, from the rich. Unless it's anyway, cool I for guess. the story,
1: I guess. The GM wants to be a jerk. You work so hard on it. We'll <laughs> make me a constitution stamina test, man. That just makes you a jerk. That just makes you a jerk.
0: Nah, no. Nah, I mean, if you want, just push the joining if you want people to die while drinking a cup of blood. Right. It's a weirdly specific thing to want.
1: It is a very specific thing to want, but you know, to each their own. Campaigns are weird.
0: No judgment. Mm-hmm. Okay, a little judgment. But a little not much. Judgment.
1: Not judgment. Not judgment. Not much. Um, we would be remiss to talk about reavers and not mention dragon cults because Mm -hmm. these are also, um, uh, places where reavers can come from. Many reavers are members of what are collectively known as dragon cults or cults that, and see cults that worship dragons have existed since the Devinter Imperium where the old gods were worshiped and the old gods were dragons. Dragons are powerful creatures that inspire awe and they're right there. They're, they're power, they're mighty and they're great and their blood grants you power if you drink it. Uh, but what's strange about, uh, what's particularly strange about dragon cults is that these secretive societies seem to live in harmony with high dragons. Those, uh, though dragons are usually considered to be little more than very cunning beasts, they seem to allow the cultists to live near them, care for their young, and, excha- and in exchange they allow them to kill some of the young to feast on their blood. No one's really sure if this means that the dragons are truly thinking creatures or if some kind of communication be- can be had, yet these cults seem to persist even to the present day as witnessed with the Disciples of Andraste and the Urn of Sacred Ashes quest. Uh, many Reavers spawn from these dragon cults, but not all of them. But it is worth keeping in mind, maybe maybe the, cu- the campaign could involve a dragon cult.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe
1: the PCs are members of a dragon cult. Maybe one of the PCs is a member of a dragon cult. Or maybe the PCs come across one and maybe can come across some other writings or even find a mixture that's ready for them. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. There are people who worship dragons and... They tend to become Reavers, or at least some of their uh, more combat-ready members tend to. Mm
0: -hmm. Of course,
1: you still got to be a warrior to become a Reaver.
0: Yep. You can always just become a good old-fashioned blood mage otherwise.
1: Right. Good old-fashioned blood mage. Nothing nothing beats good old-fashioned blood magery. Forbidden rights. It's gross. Taking the life force out of people and using it to throw a fireball at other people. Maybe don't do it. Maybe don't do that. So we'll have some build, we have some build considerations for folks who want to play a reaver. The first one being, uh, do any specs complement this one? And so going down the list here, thematically, berserker fits the specialization really well, and their abilities mm-hmm. don't really conflict so much as they support each other. So thumbs up,
0: mm-hmm.
1: berserker reaver reaver yeah. berserkers are pretty solid.
0: If you just want to generally become a blender, mm-hmm. mixing those two is not a bad idea. Uh-huh. If you just want to destroy everything on the battlefield. Everything, everything. <laughs> I mean everything.
1: I mean chi- I mean berserker gets cheaper lethal blow bonuses to damage, bonuses to pre- it's, and but they and but they also leave themselves a little open. So reaver is going to shore that up by giving them more health whenever they hit somebody.
0: Mm-hmm. It's true.
1: Yeah, I think that one's definitely worth thinking about.
0: And then you uh, can do that whole thing where you dual wield and. <laughs> It blends. Everything blends.
1: And become, you see, I became the Cuisinart. Uh, the champion can be appropriate, as a reaver could be using their powerful abilities to not only strike fear into their opponents, but inspire their allies that, as long as the reaver is on their side, they can't lose. It's not a bad combo, and it does make a very interesting character concept.
0: I imagine someone who is the leader of a cult mm. would make a very good champion slash reaver. Oh,
1: make a very nice high-level threat. Once they've got yeah. that second specialization, that means you know that they've got some experience under their belt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you were gonna say something.
0: Well, I was just gonna say that the two of those together would be thematically very appropriate because mm. you've got the aspect of the leader and the aspect of the I drink dragon's blood. For a living.
1: <laughs> I drink dragon's blood and I drink your blood. Um, combining reaver with chevalier is a very is a kind of is an interesting concept. Brings to mind tales of ascension above a dark past. Uh, if you took Chevalier second, or a long fall from a proud knight into a, pra- into a depraved marauder if you take Mara- Reaver second, if you were already a Chevalier. Um, mounted combat can only support the Reaver's fighting style, um, and Chevalier is all for that, uh, giving them much more maneuverability, um, especially once the Reaver hits the Master Degree, because then that free move action while you're on a horse can, get, can be just, interesting.
0: Just don't eat your horse.
1: Just don't eat your horse, please. Um, some serious background and story consideration would need to be taken first, so that the character's arc makes sense. Because yeah. those...
0: it's a stretch combining these two from a right. flavor perspective. So you best have a specific reason for this.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Guardians desire to protect their charges, while Reavers desire the deaths of their enemies. Uh, and because the Guardian spec assumes that you are probably staying near an ally to protect them, that ally may either need to be mobile to keep up with their protect need to be mobile to keep up with their protective engine of death uh reavers really shine though when they throw themselves into the middle of everything so if your charge is not following you into melee or you're not following them it may not be a good fit
0: that said being immune to knockdown
1: <laughs> oh man is
0: a nice thing to it, have here. it really
1: is it really is and even
0: if your person you're protecting isn't coming with you into combat mm-hmm. being able to just stand there and be like I don't care if you tried to skirmish me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm staying right here.
1: Not to mention, if you've activated your novice reaver, your novice reaver power, um, and you've got the master guardian power, those extra those free hits that you get for other people uh, striking your charge give you health back. Mm-hmm. And if you kill them, maybe you get a free maybe you get an extra a free extra and attack that would against be someone particularly else. Particularly
0: right? nice with an archery based reaver.
1: Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. Ooh. Keep that in mind, yeah.
0: Archery-based reaver could do a really solid thing by uh, Mm -hmm. by going guardian as well. Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, Spirit, now here's an interesting one, spirit warriors. Uh, Spirit warriors are people who are warriors who call spirits to aid them in their fight, and it may not be easy to convince some spirits to protect someone who uses such dark powers, which has been argued were originally taught to people by demons, Mm -hmm. because it's blood magic, and demons are all about that. Uh, that being said this can combine these can combine to make one heck of a slayer who's able to cut down mortals and demons alike uh, with ease and ferocity and uh there are not to mention that you'll be adding two uh, if you're fighting demons you can still get extra you can still get health when you kill them and you're adding two ability scores to
0: damage mm-hmm which is not bad mm-hmm it is going to be very difficult to find a spirit that's willing to work with you in that regard. Right. You'd have to do some solid convincing of like a justice one, and even then, though, you would uh, you would be constantly on the brink of being possessed because if a you know if a spirit gets too far into your reaver ideology, they're going to become a demon. Uh huh. And it's not called a spirit warrior when you're being possessed by a demon. It's called an abomination. <laughs> you may <laughs> note there's a difference, and that difference is that you're you're now in the jam's control. That's fun, right? Heads up, that could be a fun little line Mm -hmm. to walk, but it's also going to be pretty hard to walk.
1: It has been noted that being a reaver does not mean that you're open to demonic possession because you're not a mage.
0: Yes, but being a spirit spirit warrior sure as heck does.
1: If you're being a spirit warrior, you're opening yourself up to that stuff, so...
0: I mean, even if you're only opening yourself to that spirit, if that spirit becomes a demon because of you while you're doing demony things... You know, that, you brought that you, on yourself. You're pretty much possessed right there, friend.
1: Um, now, maybe the one thing that doesn't mix, uh, that, that mixes less well than Chevalier is Templar. Mm-hmm. Templars and Reavers are kind of... Uh, I mean, Anathema. Mechanically, they can work pretty well together, but thematically, Templars would never, ever work with Reavers or want to become Reavers, and... Reavers would never be able to deal with, like, the rigid lifestyle of being a Templar, or the mm-hmm. control of the, the control that the Chantry has over them. Um, now, kind of like Chevalier, you could try and tell a cool story about Ascension or Falling from Grace, but this one would require particularly good explaining.
0: This would take some serious backstory. You
1: got some explaining to do about this one. This mm-hmm. one's Because this one's tricky.
0: Yeah, it's not impossible, but it is the next best thing. Mm-hmm. So, good luck with that.
1: Good luck with that. Let's see. Um, Something that I actually thought about was uh, Master Armor Training allows you to use half your armor rating against penetrating damage, and the Journeyman degree deals penetrating damage to you. Could you put those together and not take the penetrating
0: damage? Well, you could... Yeah, actually.
1: Um, As by the book, you could. But...
0: G, I mean, GMs, if that feels right. too powerful, feel free to... Feel free the to not allow on. that,
1: because I mean, if they're not they're taking any penetrating damage, then there's no sacrifice. They're not taking... There's no pain to harness. Um, but, you know, some GMs might allow
0: that. I think it uh, makes uh, sense to say that it comes directly from, the like, you can ignore that damage, but any damage that you ignore doesn't come out as damage to... Mm-hmm. Like, you subtract the amount of damage you would have taken from the damage you do.
1: Yeah. I could see that, yeah.
0: Because it has to come from you. Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe a lessened effect, or maybe you can only reduce damage so much.
0: Mm-hmm. So something
1: worth keeping in mind, and GMs might want to think about that one, because I'm sure some PCs have thought of that by this point. Let's see. Uh, and, of course, we already mentioned taking dual-weapon styles not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you start stacking things up with lightning attacks or quick strikes at later levels, you get more health back when you start beating people up. And if you bring anybody down on any you of those attacks, more you get more hits. Um, uh, and remember that. I kind of want to build yeah, one of these. Yeah. Now. Right. Right. I like, know.
0: Like, you know, secret.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just make horrible things for other people to fight.
0: I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, it's kind of fun. Um, and of course, remember that your powers do not require you to be up, cl- two of your powers don't require you to be close to your enemies, so uh, archery reavers can work just fine at this.
0: Reaver guardian with archery, and yeah, saying. Yeah, that sounds really
1: cool. i uh, am I going to have to make one for the home game that's no. protecting your dead? No. What if I make multiple, no. so we are protecting your dead? No.
0: No. <laughs> His honor, No. Welp, I think we've talked about this as far as it can go.
1: <laughs> I suppose we should probably, uh. And see, so you probably should get moving.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, do stuff. Go back to that. Those all those weird lives and full time jobs we got.
0: Yeah. And stop stop you know, uh, eating drinking dragon blood.
1: Stop eating people.
0: Ew.
1: Well, I don't think reavers actually eat people. I no, think they some, mostly
0: just murder them.
1: I think some of them do, unfortunately. Oh, sick. Apparently, some folks just really get into it. You know.
0: Public service announcement: Don't eat people. Don't
1: eat people. It's not cool. Um, this is Ren, wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die.
0: And this is Jessica, wishing you good heels and happy feels.
1: Thanks again for listening to the Ones of the Thetis podcast. We'll catch you next time.
0: Have a good one.